Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, my dear family. Good morning, beloved. How are you? I pray that you're well in the midst of chaos. Um, I've told the story probably a couple of times before of a teacher in school asking the children to draw a picture of peace. And um, uh, they were in an art class. Uh, Draw a picture of peace, a painting of peace. And so... um, she had uh, given her as a result of that assignment um, beautiful meadows and streams and beautiful sceneries, just gorgeous flowers and still waters. And, and the one that won the prize drew a picture of an absolutely raging storm on a beach. It was dark and gray and black and and horrible waves crashing and really dark. And there was a a large rock on the beach, and in the rock was a cleft. And way inside the hole was this little tiny bird going, tweet, tweet, tweet. (laughs) And that won the prize. That is a picture of peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. And our hearts need to go tweet, tweet, tweet because um, God has done so much for us and he never stops. He never stops. Why is he allowing what he's allowing in the world? I don't know. But I have an idea that um, it's it's time to not just clean up the church um, but to have the rest of the world know that they need to turn to God because there's not much time left and um, they need to give themselves to Our Lady in order to give themselves fully to Our Lord. This is the month of Mary and I found the most beautiful little book. It's called A Month with Mary, Daily Meditation Um, and um, for a, uh, let me see now, for a profound reform of heart in the School of Mary, and it's, uh, these, these are excerpts by Don uh, Dolindo Ruotolo. Many of you know who he is, um, or you've heard of him. He's the one that wrote the Surrender Novena, Jesus, I trust in you, you take over, and that was given to him by our Lord directly. Um, when people used to go to Padre Pio and they'd cross um, many miles to come to him, he'd say, why do you come to me when you have Father Dolindo? Um, he considered him a saint. It's a beautiful little book. If you can see the cover, I'll show it to you. A Month with Mary. Um, I want to see if I can see the publisher on this. Academy of the Immaculate. Academy of the Immaculate is the publisher in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Academy of the Immaculate. Um, 
um, and it's translated by Monsignor Arthur Burton Calkins, whom I know, who's a very beautiful, beautiful priest and a Marian theologian, one of the top in the world. Um, and I got this online, so you'll be able to as well. A Month with Mary by the Academy of the Immaculate. And I thought I should have been reading this all along. I read one day, I remember the sixth, but every day we should be reading these entries because it's just so beautiful. In this, her month, today is May 11th, so we have to, we have to catch up. Okay. And the first day of May, I'm going to go back to the first day until we catch up. Um, it's the introduction, My Heart, a flower which Mary must cultivate. And if you are Protestant, she is your mother. She's the mother of the Savior. She's been declared um, uh, Theotokos um, at the Council of Ephesus in 431 to settle the dual nature of Christ. That means God-bearer, Theotokos. If she's God-bearer, she bore God. Um, And... um, had planted in her the seed by the Holy Spirit who overshadowed her, Luke chapter 1. Um, she is the mother of God, and she's the mother of our Lord Jesus, who is God. And she is your mother. If he is your Savior, she gave him to you. She gave him to the world. She is your mother. And we don't worship Mary, but we honor her above all creatures on the earth, the very one chosen to be the mother of God, and the mother of God's son, um, and uh, who was conceived without original sin by a singular act of grace of God in Mary's mother's womb, her mother Anne. This is very beautiful, beloved, and you will never know the son if you are a Protestant or Catholic and you do not have a relationship with Mary um, um, he is our bridegroom, and we are the bride. And you must have a relationship with the bridegroom's mom. You must. So, he says here in this book, um, the month of Mary is the month of a profound reform. You see this here. Hold on of a profound reform of heart this month, and it's already the 11th, so we need to catch up at some time. The month of Mary is the month of a profound reform of heart. We must leave ourselves and adorn ourselves with every virtue and every spiritual good. In the springtime, plants are reborn to a new life. They are adorned with flowers full of perfume and captivating. My soul also needs to reflower in order to be full of virtue and peace. In your heart, O Mary, I will reflower as a lily because you are purity. In your love, my coldness will be transformed into warmth because you are full of the flames of divine charity. In your hands, I will find refuge, because you are the mother of mercy. O Mary, O Mary, cast the glance of your goodness upon me. Even I, 
am a little flower of heaven's field. Cultivate me and speak to me, O Mary, because by your word I will draw life and love. And this is from the heart of Father Dolindo, Mary's response. She says, O my daughter, your mother is always ready to cultivate you, provided that you treat me as a mother and not as a stranger. How many times you've been afraid of me, even while knowing that I am all loving. This is a child being afraid of Mary. How many times have you virtually fled from me? So slack has your devotion been. Come to my heart and let it be a school of virtue for you, since God himself has made me great for your good. You can see I'm reading this with a magnifying glass. Very, it's, for me, it's a small type, but it's not bad. Um, <clears throat> Mary, still speaking, dear ones, come to my heart and let it be a school of virtue for you since God himself has made me great for your good. Follow me faithfully, even if your soul feels arid and without any fervor. Confide your pains to me. Turn toward me, because in this month I have so many treasures of grace to dispense, and I give them to those who turn to my motherly heart with trust. And then Father Delindo responds from us to Mary. Oh, my good mama, <laughs> don't you see what an ugly flower I am? I'm with, um, I am a withered flower, almost without leaves and without life. Help me. I trust my soul to you. I entrust my soul to you that you might cultivate it and head it, heal it, rather. The, the, the bells of your temple are ringing for the feast, Mary, yet I groan with sluggishness. Your throne is rich with heaven, with flowers, rather, and my heart, which ought to be your throne, is so poor and devoid of everything. O oh, my mother, while the plaintive harmony of these bells dissipates in the air, the groan of my poor heart reaches your heart and moves it to have pity on me. I need grace because I am so miserable. Mary, Mother of Grace, Mother of Mercy, protect us from the evil one and receive us at the home of death. O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee, accept with patience and calm the rudeness which comes your way. Now, beloved, I think it's just so beautiful. There's the music for our first break, and um, you're welcome to call in any time at all during this hour. Toll free, one 511 5483 Text at that number if you wish, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com, and we'll be right back.
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is just out of touch? It's going to have to change if it ever hopes to be relevant in today's world. But G.K. Chesterton says, we do not need a church that will move with the world. We need a church that will move the world. It's not that the church has to change, it's that the world has to change, and it's up to us, as the church, to change the world. That is the call to conversion. We don't convert the world by giving in to it. Chesterton says, the world is converted by the saint that contradicts it most. I guess that explains why in an age that worships money, sex, and power, the most influential woman in the modern world was a tiny little nun taking care of the sick and dying in the streets of Calcutta. Want more than a minute? Visit Chesterton.org. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And I remind you that you can uh, call in, if you wish, at any time during this hour. Uh, always, the toll-free number, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. And um, I say always that the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. You do not have to call in with what we're speaking about, but what's on your heart. And we do have a call from Michelle in Canada. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Mother Miriam. Hi, Thank sweetheart. you for taking my call. How are Thank you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thanks, Michelle. How about yourself? Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks be to God. Yes. Thank you for asking. So I, I have a, I had a, an issue with a woman in the church. Um, we were asked to pray the Holy Rosary for the month of May for Our Lady. Good. And actually, I was, I was asked um, to, to lead it, uh, and. I wanted a gentleman to lead it, but that's a whole other story. But anyhow, I I, I decided to do so. Uh, I I said yes to doing so, and and this this woman. Um, uh, well, let me just interrupt you, Michelle. The 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 rosary is a prayer to Our Lady. So, for one of her daughters to lead it is not bad at all. Okay, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good <laughs> okay, thing, sweetheart. Good. Okay, good. 
Okay, thank you. Okay, so this this woman had asked me, um, well, actually, she started to pray this um, prayer at the end of each decade after the Oh My Jesus prayer, and um, out of nowhere, and so I found out that this prayer is from um, Father, Father Gobi, the late Father Gobi, who um, has a book out for the Marian um, Movement, of, Movement priests. of Priests. Right, and so... These were private revelations, I guess, from Our Lady to him. And I, I had told this lady, I said, we're not going to pray that prayer because this is um, your preference and a private, you know, these are private revelations. And these people in the church, they don't know this prayer. And I, this is this is this is not right to just, you know, put this this insert this prayer. And we don't even have the priest's permission. Um, and anyhow, she went on to say that. Um, Basically, my salvation is not secure, and people that don't follow these 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 um, these messages. truth reveal mm-hmm. messages to Father Gobi. If we're not following these messages from Our Lady to Father Gobi, that our our salvation is not going to be secure. And so that's not true. Attached to her wanting this prayer, attached to her wanting this prayer is because of her personal belief that we need to follow these messages in order to be saved. And I said that's Gnosticism. And we have everything revealed to us through sacred scripture, tradition, magisterium, the catechism. There's no little surprises. Our Lord is not going to send us through hoops to try to figure out how to be saved. And anyhow, so the principle behind it is, um, you know, there's this pushing of this prayer um, because of a a personal preference. And um, I don't think it's right because we're in the church, the body of Christ, and we should be one. Well, it's not right. Who asked you to lead the rosary? The, The priest asked you all to pray the rosary during the month of Mary. Who asked you to lead it? So the, the the priest apparently asked my my friend. I, I'm going to a Byzantine rite, um, uh, like mm-hmm. a Melkite church, and so we have the Arabic community and the English community. And my friend, who is part of the Arabic community, um, she 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 said, "Father would like it if you would um, pray the English." For the okay, English that's the end of it. That's the end. This woman needs to know that the priest has asked you to lead the English uh, group. And as a leader, you don't approve including that prayer. End of story. And you say to her, if you insist on this, you need to take it to Father. Father has asked me to lead. I say, no, you need to take it to Father. That's the end of it. If she doesn't listen to you, you need to take it to Father. Okay, and I did say I did say these things to her on the phone, and I thank you for, for, for mentioning that. Um, and... I, I asked her too. I said, "Please, you know, priests are. Please don't give him grief over this. This is really." I, I just asked her not to give him grief over this and to just please understand um, the logic what I've presented to her that he asked me to lead it, and so therefore I've made the decision that we're not. That's the only logic her. involved that, that she could understand. That's the only logic, not because the magisterium and all of that and private revelation. She's not going to accept that. Just say, I've, the priest has asked me to lead it. I'm leading it. My decision is no on this. And if you have any further concerns or questions or desires, you need to take it to the priest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great advice. Sadly, she'll, she probably will. She says, I'm just not going to come anymore, and he's going to wonder why. And I thought, well, this is childish. Well, 
childish. Well, no, but don't don't get into that with her. Don't get into that it's childish. Don't get into don't bother the priest with it. Just say, Father has asked me to lead it. I'm going to say no. I've given you the reasons. Um, And that's the answer. Again, if you want to go further, uh, take it to Father. If you don't come anymore and you think Father's going to wonder why, uh, you're, you're the one who needs to tell him. So if you don't want him to wonder why, if you don't want to be the cause of division or anything else, then just go ahead uh, to Father with this. Okay, thank you. And don't you. go Love further. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you. That's great uh, advice. I appreciate it so much. And okay. thank you for the show. I just love thank. you, and I thank God for you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. God bless you, sweetheart. God bless you. Um, we have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says... Hello, Mother. I have two friendship questions. I have two Unitarian friends. They are liberal. I looked up Unitarian. They do not believe in the Trinity, just God. I enjoy their company. They know I am a conservative Catholic. Should I limit my time with them? Also, persons in my rosary group voted for pro-choice candidates and are fine with LGBTQ. Should I leave that rosary group and pray with others? Thank you. Um, Well, my dear one, um, as far as the Unitarian goes, um, it's fine if you have a friendship with them, but you need to clearly give them the gospel. They're not Christian. They're looked on as a Christian sect uh, or denomination, but they are not. Um, If you do not believe... Uh, in the Trinity, which they do not, and other things. Um, they can't believe in the death and resurrection of Christ. They don't believe he's the second person of, the, of, the, of God and all of that. They're not Christian. So it doesn't mean you should avoid them, but it means that your life with them should be a complete witness to the gospel, and you need to speak the truth to them. Um, and they know you're conservative Catholic. I, I wish we didn't even have to say conservative. Just Catholic should say it, but it doesn't these days. Should I limit my time with them? Well, that's completely up to you. Um, I don't know how close you are with them. As long as they understand that what you believe, you believe is true and that they are outside of God's will. They have to know that you believe that in order for them in order for you to help them to become Catholic. Your conversations should be spiritual. They should be of God. And if they're not, and when they're not, uh, they need to be respectful and worthy of a Christian. And you say, also, persons in my rosary group voted for pro-choice. They're fine with LBGTQ. Should I leave that rosary group and pray with others? Well, I would. I would not pray with people whose beliefs are praying to God with people whose beliefs are against what God wants. That's, that's um, uh, not um, coherent. So if, if I pray with people that are um, pro-choice and in favor of LB, uh, LGBTQ, um, how am I praying with them uh, if we don't pray for the truth of God? So... Uh, I would let them know very clearly that you are Catholic, and they call themselves Catholic, but they are against Catholic teaching. Catholic teaching um, is cannot be changed. The truth cannot be changed. 
and um, to be pro-choice is to be for murder of children, and you cannot support that and pray in unity with them. To be LGBTQ is to be against all that God has written for man and woman and the growth of the family. Um, And again, taking in people who are being approved, uh, yet they're living a lifestyle that will not allow them into heaven. So um, I would not pray with that group unless they were, the the message was their conversion. Okay. Um, Let me uh, read one more uh, email, and then I think I'm going to go back uh, if you don't, if if there are no calls, I'm going to go back to read another um, day on Mary from that book of Father Aruatolo because it's so beautiful and so instructive for us. We have an email from someone who signs their name KK. Dear Mother, thank you for all you do for the kingdom, not the least of which is sharing your extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and faith. Like most parishes. Ours is holding listening, listening sessions. Oh, I almost get sick at the thought of that. Listening sessions to answer questions and give other feedback for this worldwide synod on synodality. Um, KK says, do you have any thoughts on this process? After what has been reported from the Synod for the Family and what is being done in Germany and elsewhere, I'm torn about participating. Rather than input, more focus would be well spent in catechesis, as many do not know the faith. I, too, am a convert, and am still learning and witnessing. Let me go on, because there's another point that you're making. Um, I will not attend listening sessions. Um, We have them in our diocese as well. I will not attend them. Um, They are for the Synod on Synodality. I think it's all a, uh, I don't want to know, a plot. It's it's within the plan for a one-world government and for total control of the population. And I don't believe that those handling the Synod could care what anybody says in a listening session or what their feedback is. They already have their plan. They're doing this to make us feel that we are part of it and that what they're doing um, is the majority opinion, even if it's not ours. It's absolutely false. It's completely deceptive. Our opinion, our listening has nothing to do with their plans. We're pawns in their program, and they could care less. So no, I don't speak of the individual bishops or dioceses. I speak of those at the Vatican who have perpetrated this. So I would not go or be a part of a listening session. And if you do, don't be deceived that what you think or anyone, what anyone else thinks is going to have any bearing on the corruption that's being spread on us through the world the one who writes this KK has a little more to this email we'll continue it after the break beloved again you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart at any time our lines are open toll free 1-877-711-5483 
no, I'm sorry, 877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. This is Jim Roy, president of the Station of the Cross. Thank you to everyone who has donated to our spring appeal. We are at 82% of our goal, and we really need your help to get over the top. If we reach our spring appeal goal by the Feast of Corpus Christi, we will receive an additional $30,000 from a generous benefactor. Please help us to take advantage of this incredible opportunity. Plus, you never know whose life will be changed by your gift to Catholic Radio, maybe one of your own family members. To make an impact now, please call 1-877-711-8500 weekdays 8 to 5 Eastern Time or visit thestationofthecross.com or use the donation page from your iCatholic Radio mobile app or return an envelope from one of our mailings. Spring Appeal gifts will still be available, so make your donation while supplies last. Gifts can be viewed at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you and may God bless you and your family. Hey, Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Bring many more people closer to our Lord by letting them know about Catholic Radio. One of the simplest ways to promote Catholic Radio is by displaying a bumper magnet on your car. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm happy to be with you and happy that you are with the Station of the Cross uh, and or LifeSite News. Um, and we have a whole half hour left, so you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. We are in the middle of an email by uh, someone with the initials KK, and they asked first about the listening sessions that are going on throughout the church. And... Um, I responded to that before the break, um, and let me just see. Um, uh, and and this person says that uh, do I have any thoughts on the process? And I, I think it's um, basically I, I think it's a sham. I think the bishops are not responsible for spreading it through their diocese, but. I don't believe that the listening sessions or our responses to them are going to have anything to do with what um, uh, the Church, the Vatican, is going to put on us. Um, absolutely not. I think it's a, it's a ploy to make us think 
that this was the response of Catholics, and it is not. Um, the fact that uh, KK also says um, uh, that uh, she said, I'm torn about participating. Well, that's your choice. Uh, I won't. Um, she says, rather than input, more focus would be well spent in catechesis, as many do not know the faith. Um, I, too, am a convert, and I'm still learning and witnessing. KK, you're 100% right. Catholics do not know their faith. And rather than this manipulation, um, yeah, there should be sessions on teaching the true faith. I agree with you. Kay goes on to say... <clears throat> The parish shutdowns were eye-opening to me. Priests who would not offer confession, uh, I'm going to just tell you that's diabolic. Any priest who would not offer confession, whether it's COVID or any other plague, is it's, he's lost his faith, he's lost his vocation. Um, uh, she said, priests who would not offer confession, being locked out, being refused Holy Communion on the tongue, all of it, Am I being cynical and thinking opinions, feedback, being useful and wanted now? Let me say, am I being cynical in thinking that opinions slash feedback, being useful and wanted now? Uh, thank you and God bless. I'm not quite sure what you're asking now, but you're not being cynical. Opinions and feedback, they're not wanted at all. And priests who would fail to offer confession or refuse communion, uh, even on the tongue, um, that's fitting into Satan's plan to destroy the church. That's nothing of God. Um, Lorraine from Massachusetts is on the line. Hi, Lorraine. Uh, good morning, Mother. How are you? Good. Okay, sweetheart. How about yourself? Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Good. Um, Mother, my question has to do with um, adoration. Mm -hmm. And um, even among my faithful friends, I seem to be alone on this one. Um, um, I've been told that um, Eucharistic minister, extraordinary ministers, um, they are allowed to repose and expose um, Jesus in the sacrament for adoration. Um, and I was always under the impression that it's either um, a priest or a deacon. And so I was wondering how that is. Oh, Lorraine, I, I, I wonder if the next break I can officially look that up. Um, I don't know the answer. I know what I want to say is that no Eucharistic minister or extraordinary minister should do that. Absolutely not. Um, I don't even know if a deacon should. Uh, the, uh, I've spoken... When I speak to bishops about this, their answer is, but the church allows it. That's tragic. I don't believe that even a deacon would have done that in the past. I don't know that. But the Eucharist should not be handled, our Lord, by anyone but the consecrated hands of a priest. There should be no Eucharistic or extraordinary ministers. The church allows it. I, I, I'm not going to go against the church by saying it's... Um, sacrilegious, but I'm telling you what I believe. This is not official teaching of the church. Um, uh, I don't believe anyone, and I've, I've been affirmed in this by Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who said this many times. He's written a book, Communion in the Hand. No one 
but the consecrated hands of a priest. That's the point of a priest being consecrated and his hands being consecrated to be sacred, to hold the blessed sacrament or handle our Lord or transport him. Um, Only a priest should do that, I believe. But again, I have to look it up to see what official canon law is. There shouldn't be a Eucharistic minister or extraordinary minister of the Eucharist. When the church after Vatican II um, allowed them, and they never allowed Eucharistic ministers, the language is extraordinary, extraordinary minister of the Eucharist for extraordinary purposes, not to be weakly appointed, not to be a normal thing, even for a large congregation, no. Um, And so... um, uh, I, Lorraine, from my heart, nobody but the priest should do that. Absolutely no one, not even the deacon. Um, and I, I think it's a degradation, and I think it's tragic. Um, we take our Lord for granted. We handle him as a normal piece of bread. Uh, we can do with him what we want. I don't believe that's the case. Um, I'll see, Lorraine, if I can look it up uh, to see what canon law is during the break. And you might be able to do that, too. Just go online and say canon law concerning who is allowed to expose our Lord for adoration. You can look that up as well, but I'll try during the break. Okay, very good. Thank you so much, Mother. You're welcome, Lorraine. God bless you. Um, Again, you're welcome to call in. Um, I I do want, we have, um, well, we have about 20 minutes left. And I want to get into a, a, a second a day um, on this beautiful book, A Month with Mary, by Dom Delindo Rulatolo. Uh, he's a saint. I, he hasn't been sainted yet. Maybe his cause is up for canonization. I, I have to look. Uh, I'd have to look that up as well. But I'm going to try to read the second one, which is shorter than the first. And again, you're welcome to call in. Even while I'm reading this, if you wish, I'll take your call as soon as, as, soon as I'm done with this shorter article. And it's titled, My Heart and the Heart of Mary. And so um, Mary is speaking, but again, she's having a conversation with the soul, with our souls, man or woman. And um, again, it's from Father Ruotolo. Um, who, uh, to whom Jesus spoke the um, surrender novena. So I, I think we can trust this. Mary says, My little daughter, your mother is calling you and showing you what distinguishes her as mother, the heart. Draw near to my heart, Mary says. Kiss it and experience how burning it is its love for you. God has submerged his mercies in it and wants it to be the center of regeneration for those children whom he has entrusted to me. You are my daughter, and so entrust yourself to the heart of your mother who loves you so much. And someone may be listening and say, but I'm a Protestant. I don't believe in that stuff. Well, you don't have to believe in it for Mary to be your mother. A child who is orphaned at birth um, doesn't know who its mother is, but it still has a mother. And the soul responds, If you show me your heart, Mary, I will also show you mine. How much smallness there is in my little heart. 
you are immaculate and pure, the delight of God, and I am full of imperfections and faults. You love God immensely, and I am so cold towards him. You are so full of gifts and graces, and I am your little poor one. O my mother, I place my heart in yours. Work on it. Lift it up to the holy love of God. Reform it. It is so ugly, even if I don't really know it yet, because I'm so blinded by pride. Tear the secrets from this heart. Curtail its self-deceptions with your light. Adorn it with virtues by the help of your grace, so that I can truly call myself your child. And Mary responds, If you want to know your heart, measure it against mine. Don't believe that all is evil within you, or that all is good. Don't be discouraged or presumptuous but recognize your weaknesses with filial simplicity, without hiding them from your sight and without getting irritated. Always remain at peace, and I will help you to reform yourself. And our prayer, O heart of Mary, be my model and the refuge of my poor heart. And here's a little assignment for us at the end of each Meditation. Deprive yourself of something superfluous to which you feel attached. Now, what would that be? Something superfluous, something that's not needed, um, something that's extra, something you can do without, but you feel attached to it. Pick something. Don't choose the hardest thing. Start with something small. Something small, maybe a second helping of food, maybe um, an extra piece of jewelry. Um, um, I don't know. Pick something that is extra, and if you needed to um, truly uh, pack pack everything you own into what one suitcase, what would be the easiest thing for you to leave out? Start small. It's okay. It's still a sacrifice. You're still... Uh, being detached from something that is superfluous. So, my love, uh, my dear ones, we're coming up soon against the second break, um, and I'll remind you again to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross. Com. I'm going to begin, I don't know if we'll be able to finish it, but I'll begin an email from Teresa, who says, I praise God for you, Mother. You and your radio program are so needed in our fallen world. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. And she writes, my sister lives in Florida. <clears throat> I am in Illinois. I look forward to spending a few days with her when I can manage to get away, which is a couple of times a year. We are two of eight siblings. Raised beautifully in our Catholic faith. Oh, I love to hear that. And I love when siblings remain together. However, whoops, my sister does not practice. (laughs) As I become closer and closer to Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, naturally, I do not want to do anything to offend him. In other words, to put myself in the near occasion of sin. Her daughter... Um, This is Teresa's sister's daughter, who is her niece, 
um, her daughter lives with her and has a boyfriend that comes over and spends the night with her once or twice while I am there. Is it wrong for me to be in their home while this is going on? Um, I say yes. Now, if her boyfriend comes over and they don't sleep in the same room and they have separate rooms, I would say it's okay. You say her daughter lives with her and has a boyfriend that comes over and spends the night with her once or twice while I am there. Is it wrong for me to be in their home while this is going on? If he sleeps in a separate room completely, um, then I would say it's not wrong. But they may not sleep together in the same room. Shame on your sister. She even allows that. Um, And... um, Uh, Teresa says, thank you in advance for your response. Continued prayers for you and your ministry, Teresa. Thank you so much, Teresa. You explained to your sister that um, it's okay for her daughter and boyfriend to come over while you're there. It's happy that you're happy that you want to be. uh, They consider you part of the family. They want all that. But they must not sleep in the same room together. And if they do, you should not come over and be a part of that. And it has to be clear. Don't make an excuse why you can't come. Make it clear. We'll be right back. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, You know, I... 
it completely slipped my mind to look up who is allowed to explode, uh, expose the Blessed Sacrament. Um, uh, uh, Lorraine, I'm so sorry. Um, I'll, I'll try to get that later today and mention it tomorrow, but, but go ahead and, and you can uh, look that up as well. Um, who is allowed to expose the Blessed Sacrament during adoration. Um, again, uh, from my point of view, nobody but the priest should ever do that. But again, um, if the Church allows it, you're not in sin, but I think the Church allows a number of things, including communion in the hand, um, that is um, a, a true degradation of the, the Eucharist. Um, Okay, we have a message from um, Mary as she left a question on Facebook. Um, And let me just say, we have 10 minutes left, plenty of time for you to call in with anything that's on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483. You can text at that number or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com with anything at all on your heart. I can't always answer, but we can look up the answers or give you references to get them. Mary says, Is it a mortal sin to receive Holy Communion while one is in the process of divorce and in an adulterous relationship? Yes. Yes, it will be a mortal sin to receive Holy Communion. And I will say... If you're in the process of divorce and in an adulterous relationship, you are, on the, you are on the road to hell. That's it. So if uh, whoever would be in an adulterous relationship of any kind, whether you're in the process of divorce or not, you have not only put yourself on the road to hell, but the man or woman you claim to love, um, you do not love. Because love does what's best for the soul of another. And he or she does not put that other one on the road to hell with them. If you are in an adulterous relationship, you are putting yourself on the road to hell and the person you are in that relationship with also on the road to hell. That is not love. That is the enemy's plan for both of you to be separated from God for all eternity. And unless you repent and return to God and live a pure life, you will, um, you will never see God. You will never be in heaven. Um, you need, this is very serious. Um, you know, I, sometimes I think I'm taking too many emails, too many calls. I should teach the faith more. You know, I, it's, it's a struggle sometimes. But this is also teaching the faith, because for every call we get, for every email or message on Facebook, there are thousands of people in the same uh, situation or people who know many people in the same situation. So you must not only, you must not receive Holy Communion, and you must repent. And um, you, you, if you go to Mass, uh, you are on the road to hell even if you're at Mass every single Sunday, even if you do not receive Holy Communion. If you're in an adulterous relationship, you will not enter heaven. And don't tell me you're in love with this man or this woman because you're not in love. You're in love with yourself um, because you could care less about their soul. Mary says, also, how does one forgive someone who has left the family home in the process of divorce to live in an adulterous relationship and has no remorse. 
you forgive Mary as God in Christ has forgiven you. That's the utter motive. A person, when Christ forgave us on the cross, we weren't even alive. He forgave us not because we knew what we were doing, not because we repented, not because we got our act together, um, but because um, of his love. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Even if they do know what they do, forgive them. And um, he forgave us while we were yet in our sin. And that's how we must forgive others. It has nothing to do with their remorse, their repentance, nothing to do with that. We must forgive as God in Christ has forgiven us, and we must pray for their conversion. We must, M-U-S-T, must, must, must. Um, Okay, now, Um, we have an email from Letitia who says... um, Hi, Mother Miriam. I'm one of your Scottish listeners. Oh, hi, Letitia. Isn't, isn't the miracle of the Internet utterly fantastic? Um, it's just fantastic that we can, from Scotland, all the way over here. I'm, I'm just in Switzerland, and um, uh, it, it, I love it. Italy, the middle of the ocean, we've gotten calls from all over. I'm just so grateful and thrilled for that. Um, She says, I'm one of your Scottish listeners, and I thank you so much for instructing me in the catechism. I'm 61 years old and a mother of five children. I was born just as Vatican II was introduced. It is for that reason, I believe, that my generation and those to follow have been starved of the truth. Well, we can blame Vatican II, but we need to blame the priests and and the bishops who ceased to teach the faith. Um, and she says, the reason I'm getting in touch is to ask you to please clarify something that I do not understand. On March 25th, you gave a beautiful podcast on the Annunciation. Thank you for that. However, I could not understand how Mary was pledged to virginity, but betrothed to Joseph at the same time. I know this was all God's plan for her, but if she were to become a nun, so to speak, in other words, remain um, a celibate, um, then why was she betrothed to Joseph? I know what happened after the Annunciation, but I'm a bit confused by this. Can you please explain? God bless you and keep you safe. Kind regards, Letitia. Well, I just want to clarify, Mary, that if you say... Uh, I mean, Letitia, if you say you know what happened after the Annunciation, then you know that she remained a virgin forever, forever and ever and ever and ever, Um, ever. She never had uh, children other than our Lord, um, whom she had uh, uh, through the Holy Spirit that overshadowed her. Um, it's understood that as a young child, Mary, who was conceived without sin because God planned for her, he created his own mother. And she would be, from conception on, in her mother Anne's womb, without sin. So our Lord would have a pure body, a pure tabernacle to uh, be born in. It would be... um, Mary, who would give him flesh and blood. The flesh and blood that we receive at communion is the flesh and blood, now risen and glorified, that Mary gave him. She made a pledge as a young child, without sin, 
to virginity. It's not official Catholic teaching, but it is tradition, um, uh, traditional teaching from early on that Mary vowed her virginity to God in reparation for Israel's sins. And so she would, when she said, how could this be to the angel that came to her, Gabriel, when he said that she would bear the Son of God, she said, how could this be, since I know not man? She also included in that, she was vowed to know not man. And God said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Therefore, the child to be born will be, will be holy. He will be the Son of God. The reason that she was betrothed to Joseph is because um, to save her dignity, to save her reputation and to protect her um, God chose a holy man also from the royal line of David to be her spouse to protect her um, from uh, everything in those days and to take care of her and to protect to be the, the father of the holy family and it was to be a celibate marriage Today, they would never come together in union, in sexual union. Today, when people marry, they could have what is called a Josephite marriage if they do not want to have children. There's the end, beloved. We'll speak with you tomorrow.